I'm Arch Madness, and this is Vinyl Analysis. So today we're going to break down Enough's Enough's first studio album, 1989, self-titled Enough's Enough. And who better to help us than founding member and rock legend Chip's Enough. Chip, my old friend, how are you, brother? Very good. On a little Oscar Minor Wiener wagon traveling around the United States right now with LA Guns. I can't wait for that. Hey, we're gonna, hey Chip, let me tell you, we're going to talk about that show here in Columbus on the 29th uh, and the new record, Clowns Lounge. Uh, but first, let's go back to 1989 and that first record, Chip. Tell us about the journey to get to that first record and how it got done. Okay, so we're in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Skid Rose in the studio, Adrian Blue and the Bears, Tapau, James Addiction, plethora of material and bands. They're just making their records out there. Doc McGee comes up to me and says, I got three cassette tapes in my car. Two of them are your band. I'm going to help you guys out. I got a friend of mine who's running a, an imprint called Atco Atlantic Records. So we gave him the albums, and from there, uh, it was a guy named Derek Shulman who used to be a singer in a band called General Giant. And he came to Chicago, seen the band play live at rehearsal. It was a catastrophe. <laughs> Everybody smoking pot, doing cocaine, tons of trim in the room. It was just it was out of control. But he loved the songs. And we were able to go in the studio in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, Royal Recorders, and record our first album, which was... Essentially, our greatest hits, a bunch of songs Donnie and I wrote in my bedroom in Blue Island, Illinois, on a little four-track. Those are the songs that you hear on the first album, New Thing, Fly Michelle, and all them singles. It was a, really a nice time for us, and it was a great break. Well, Chip, let's talk about that. Let's start with the first single, New Thing. Heavy airplay on radio and MTV. I mean, what can you tell us about New Thing? I wrote it in the dining room at a house, and basically it's... a uh, Influenced by a bunch of different bands that we've come up to love, Beatles and Cream and Cheap Trick, and we're just putting together songs. We weren't really listening to our contemporaries. We respect bands like Motley Crue and Poison and Cinderella and all those bands that came out, White Snake, all that stuff back then. But our influences were from the '70s, more like uh, Queen and Beatles, Squeeze and Bowie, Cheap Trick from from the Chicago. And those are the bands that we're always looking to and trying to make a record as good as our contemporaries. And uh, we basically, we bashed out those songs in, in a day or two. We didn't have much time. We were working late at night. We were sneaking studio time in. We had no budget. And we pl- played live in the studio. And it wasn't like, okay, you, gotta, you got two weeks to play bass on the songs. We recorded the songs live. And then if we needed some overdubs, we did very minimal overdubs. It was basically a live record, but recorded on analog two-inch tape. And we had Paul Lanny helping us, and Paul Lanny was responsible for Bon Jovi Records and Peace Cells, who's buying by them, Megadeth. And the guy was really good and let us play and didn't, no interruption from the label. We just went in the studio every day, recorded the songs. We were getting hired to sin. We had every, you know, tons of promiscuity and substance abuse, <laughs> but evidently that makes a good record. <laughs> it sure does. Hey, Chip, and those aforementioned uh, mentioned bands that you were talking about of the era really with Enough's Enough, and I've always said this, you guys were more of a power pop band. And really, uh, late 80s, early 90s, I kind of lumped you in. My collection, it was you. It was Jellyfish. It was, You know what I mean? Bands who who took those Beatle, that Beatle love that they wore on their sleeves and, and made rock records out of it. That's what I was more comparing your music to. Well, I agree. It's a good analogy. You know, we were in the studio in New York doing some demo stuff, and we started hanging out with Rick Krim over at MTV. Rick was a huge Jellyfish fan, and we, we we just seemed to hit it off very well. And I think when Jellyfish 
didn't hit a home run over an MTV, they came to enough snuff and grabbed yeah. us to replace them. I, I really believe that we wouldn't yeah. even get a chance if Jellyfish Record took off. And we were super good friends with those guys. We passed demos out back and forth in the early days. They had they were recording their first album, and then we'd record our stuff, and we'd give the cassettes to them, and they'd give a cassette of their stuff to us. So we were big fans of theirs, and we loved their producer, and we uh, we, we basically were following the same footsteps. We were uh, writing songs, uh, and our influences were what we eat. What we eat. And uh, a lot of English stuff, the Beatles stuff was big to the jellyfish, and it was to us yeah. as well. And we got lucky. You know, there's a lot of bands. There was only so many places you can get played on MTV. There was only so many spaces. But for some reason, we did that video, and it was real colorful and flamboyant. And we had a good, great makeup artist to come in there and fix us up. And we almost looked like chicks. Yeah. And I think that really helped us. MTV right. grabbed onto that because it was a, it was a, a video that you can sink your teeth into. And, you, and it made people think, who are these guys or girls? No one knew. Hey, the, uh, the, I want to talk about one more. The next single, Fly High Michelle, band's biggest hit. I mean, talk about that song. I mean, Chip, did you know right away it was going to be big? I mean, was there a real-life Michelle? What can you tell us? Well, I can tell you that the first one new thing was on the charts for 50-something weeks, almost a whole year in the top ten. And we were competing against all the big boys. We were shocked because in a lot of places we weren't getting a lot of airplay because uh, we were such good friends with Howard Stern and the radio stations were, were uh, real, real competitive back then. But for some reason, MTV grabbed onto it. it the, the video did so well. New Thing was such a smash hit that we knew we'd get one more chance with the next single. And when Fly and Michelle came out, we got a great video director, Ralph Seaman and Benji Howell, same guys that did New Thing. And we didn't want to change the format. And they gave us a storyboard they wanted us in front of uh, in a cemetery over a, a grave site. And the record company said, no, it's a little too dark. You guys got to color it up a little bit. So while we were on tour... We shot the video off our tour bus, and, and some of it was live footage, which really helped a lot. And we didn't know it was going to be a hit. We knew it was a good song. Record company knew. They were behind it. Uh, no, you can't predict hits, bro. Right. It was a gift. It was a great song that the band came up with. I thought we, it was produced very well. And we got lucky and got airplay in that, and we had a good tour after it. So that was really good for us. Uh, but you can't predict hits, bro. No. Focus when preparation meets opportunity. Write the good songs and you get a break, baby. Hey, the new album, Clowns Lounge. Uh, we're talking to Chips Enough here on Vinyl Analysis. It, it, it drops December 2nd, the new single, Rocka by Dreamland. Uh, I grabbed that off iTunes already. It sounds amazing. Talk about the new record, Chip. Uh, it's an archival record. Derek Shulman, coincidentally, who was the first guy to discover Enough Snuff, called me on the phone and says, you, you have any records? in the can, anything you've got, any material with Donnie B singing. I said, he's not with the band. He says, I know that, but I'd like to put it. I love his voice. I'd like to put enough stuff album out right now. It doesn't matter if he's singing. I know you're singing the songs, Chip. Can you find me some material? I sent him three demos. It's all I had. I went through everything. I, all the master tapes I had at the house, I, I archive everything. And I found three songs I thought were strong. I sent it to the label. The next day they called back, said, hey, we want to do a deal. We love it. They signed us to a two-album deal. We did all the material, and then I grabbed my guitar player, Tony Fennell. Tony's known in a band. He used to be the former singer in a band called Ultravox. He's the leader of this band right now. He's sickening, okay? <laughs> I sings his ass off, plays guitar great, look of the world, scores more trim than Warren Beatty. <laughs> He's the one that said, hey, we got to do a single, mate. So we went in the studio and recorded the first single, which is called Dog on a Bone. 
You know, you're right. What you eat? I wrote about trim and about cocaine and substance abuse. Those, that's what I know about. Okay, <laughs> it was a real good rock track. He had a wonderful sense of balance, great guitars. You don't know who it is when you first hear it until I start singing. And then we said, let's put the rest of the record around it. It's awesome. an archival record. We're not trying to bamboozle a fan. Right, right, right. The record's showing the showcase of the old band with the new band right now and how we are today. Uh, October 29th at the Al Rosa Villa with Tracy Guns and uh, L.A. Guns. Uh, we've got Chips Enough on here. It's been so long. Enough's Enough has been in Columbus. I can't even, you know, it's been forever, Chip. How's the tour going so far? Tour's going fantastic, bro. I got a great band. I got Tori Stolfbregen back with me. He's co- plays in a band called New Black 7. Go check out the record. Love Tori. Black7.com. The guy's a better lead singer than me, okay? Then I got the, I got the nephew of Dusty Hill from ZZ Top, Daniel Hill, playing drums with me. The guy hits the drum. I got to change drum heads every song, okay? <laughs> this guy's a monster. And, of course, Tony Fennell and myself, the bands, uh, well, put us up against any band out there right now. And Tracy and those guys, you're going to love their show. But every night we come out whipping ass. Chip's enough. Always a pleasure. See you on the 29th, uh, Chip. Love you, brother. Please bring your pot, peace signs, cocaine, because it's going to be like a in, mini indoor Woodstock without the mud. El Rose's Villa. Can't wait to see you there, brother. You got it, man. Chip's enough. I'm Arch Madness, and this has been Vinyl Analysis.